0: to have a chance for the creative efforts to be seen and acknowledged. Welcome to Chatting with Sherry. Today we have author Mitzi Sorrento. I'm really happy to have her back. We chat about her new True Crimes book and uh, the, actually the series, but her latest book. Um, it's a fun chat. Here's Mitzi. Hi Mitzi, welcome to the show.
1: Hi Sherry, how are
0: you doing? I'm fine. How are you?
1: Oh, I'm I'm just going crazy with all the work that I'm doing. But now I'm doing pretty well, thanks.
0: That's great. Um, how did you? I don't think I talked to you since lockdown. So how did you make it through?
1: Um, Okay, yeah, I think the last time we spoke was when I had my last book out, so that was probably about a year ago. Um, uh, Yeah, I I got through it fine. I mean, like I said, I've been so busy, I I didn't really notice a big dramatic difference in my lifestyle. (laughs) It was sort of the same thing except with a mask.
0: I know. I mean, I spend most of the time working from home anyway, so it's not like I – and the only thing that was different was that – when my brother has a day off, we used to go and do something like go to Old Town or go to Del Coronado. That was the thing we couldn't do.
1: <laughs> no yeah. exploring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that the thing that you know I I don't um, do a lot. I mean because I'm always working. But then it was like, well, now there isn't even there wasn't even an opportunity to do anything. You know, just just going to a, a you know going for a pint somewhere. You know, or or. A lunch or a, uh, just anything without always being agitated about, um, <laughs> you know, plague-ridden people nearby.
0: <laughs> well, also, uh, you know, like, I can't, at the time, we couldn't go to a movie or a play, you know, things that I enjoy doing. I, I wanted to go see a play for my birthday this year. It was a big birthday, and I couldn't do it, Still, have, because the, none of the theaters were open
1: yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it's just it's been a pretty a big impact on on the performance, performance live performances and the creative arts. You know, so at least people are still reading and have been still reading. So that's been one <laughs> upside to it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's one thing that has you know uh, they uh, streaming services and book services have really ha- been doing well. It's, it's kind of funny because it's like they forget, you know, the people you're enjoying on the streaming services, they're the ones who are suffering right now because they can't act. Um, you should be a little yeah. bit kinder about it, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just been really very, very difficult, and, and I know a lot of productions uh, shut down or, or streamed. You know, uh, streamline their cast members, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm a big. Um, for years, I've watched Coronation Street, you know, the UK soap, and and uh, it's it's got a little more. Uh, it's got more cast members now, but I mean, you can still see them social distancing on on the set. You know, do, doing their lines. They're they're still not close to each other. It's very rare, so it's yeah, it's going to be a while before. If, if if it ever gets back to normal. I, I know the Vancouver film industry has been, you know, they've been ramping up. And now they've been using more Canadian actors. A friend of mine's is an actor up there, and they've been casting more Canadians instead of bringing all the Americans up because of, the, you know, the border closure and COVID and all of that.
0: I know, I know. And, and it's interesting because... Well, one of the shows I like is called uh Frankie Drink Mysteries, which is british um a Canadian show and I really yeah, enjoy I it. Know that one I yeah. love that show and um they were talking about how they were doing it during the pandemic and how they they were still they they were in groups like the um the people from costume couldn't come up and and do something simple like a fitting. they had to use old stuff and old um match and say, did anybody gain or lose any weight?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think if we're over COVID it seems like everyone's saying they've gained weight. I I didn't, but, you know. <laughs> I know everyone's like, I, one of my neighbors called me the other week and she says, how come you didn't put on any COVID weight?
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's been a weird time. Very, very strange. Um, but I mean, I've, I've read a lot of good books. I've seen a lot of. Uh, um, I've watched a lot of interesting shows. I probably would not have seen. Um, I, I've watched streaming, which I I, I kind of never wanted to get into, and now I am. Um,
1: <laughs> well, you know, you you, may, you know, I'm sort of one of those people. I, I I kind of have to conform to the circumstances, and I've had a lot of um, uh, wild and crazy circumstances thrown at me over the years and I just sort of just get on with it and you know make the best of it so <laughs> I, I think that's really all you can do that's true adapt adaptability that's that's the word
0: yeah yeah oh, It's the only way to survive I guess <laughs> yeah um, so what have you been up to I mean I know you've been working like crazy um, how did you last book do? Uh
1: the uh, the best new true crime story, small towns. Um, that's still going strong. Um it's I I've, I've been really pleased with the reception on that. Um I'm trying to think offhand what what's interesting has happened with that. Um God, you know, well I had the first two volumes about the serial killers book and the small towns book and, and they both had a, They've been really well received. Um, There's been some interesting foreign translations. Um, My Serial Killers book was recently translated into Turkish, (laughs) so that's rather cool. Uh, And, you know, even though today I'm really here to talk about the third book, um, I'm actually working far ahead. I've got a fourth one coming out believe it or not, next month, uh, a fifth one coming out after the new year, a sixth one coming out in that summer, a seventh one coming out like a half a year later. It's just I'm I'm so far ahead in the in the volumes that it's like I have to kind of get my brain back on and say, Well, which one are we talking about today? So we don't <laughs> screw it up <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know, I know. Because I, I I usually work on several books at the same time myself and I, I they're all a different like not levels, but uh, what I'm doing with them is different. They're in, like, little clusters, um, like editing yeah. cluster and um, uh, 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 rewrite cluster and uh, yeah. writing cluster. Exactly.
1: <laughs> even, th- th- in, even though I'm right now promoting this, the new book, the Well-Mannered Crooks, Rugs, and Criminals book, which is the one that just came out, like, about... Um, maybe three weeks ago or something like that. Uh, even though that's the one I'm technically promoting, um, I'm right now on a deadline to get another book delivered. So I'm doing the editing and the fact checking and working with the writers to get it all ready to go. And so that deadline's looming at the end of this month. So it's like, before we came on together, I'm like, you know, I gotta hurry up. Let me, let me just go through this really fast, <laughs> you know, try to get ahead on this one. So. It's like, well, I don't want to start talking about the story in that book because that's not even out yet.
0: Yeah, you have to get your mind into the right mode, and sometimes that's not easy. Yeah.
1: Well, I did, you know what I did the other day and I knew it. I knew it was finally going to happen. I was emailing with a, with a, with a, with a writer who is in the, um, the current book, The uh, Well-Mannered Crooks, Roads of Criminals. And I'm telling him, well, I'll be in touch soon about the book coming out, you know, the Crimes of Passion, Obsession and Revenge book. And then after I sent the email, uh, you know, I didn't think anything of it. And then about 10 o'clock at night, I'm like, oh, God, he's not in that book. So I get the computer out again, you know, get it booted up and email him and say, ignore that last paragraph. <laughs> and I was just telling him all that I was waiting for me to do something like that, Confused, who's in what.
0: Ooh.
1: Uh, oh, no, it's okay. It was a laugh. He had a laugh about it because he's in the one that comes out after that, so it's fine. <laughs>
0: What is really funny is you don't want to give stuff away, but you're so excited about it you want to tell someone and you can't.
1: (laughs) Oh, I don't know. It's just it's all crazy. I I, I mean, I I, I sometimes have to really admire myself that I can keep so much stuff in my head. (laughs) You know what I mean? How how do I do this? I don't know, (laughs) but I do.
0: I know. I know. It's so hard. People don't really well, understand. Well, especially I'm working
1: with so many different writers. You know, each book has like, like maybe 14 or 15 or 16 writers in it. So I've got to kind of, I've got all these people to keep track of and, and you know, dealing, you know, back and forth with them. And, and so, uh, yeah, and then there's sometimes, you know, some there's some writers who maybe appear in more than one book. And so it's like, oh, wait a minute, you're not in that one. You're in the other one. Never mind. Oh, Wow.
0: That's really something that you have to think about, too, is that when you're in a new, and when you're working in a new one and you're promoting an old one, you have to, like, get your mind out of the new one just for a little while. And it's really hard because you're passionately into the new one, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's
1: like... When they ask a band that's what's your what's your of all the albums you've done what's your favorite and it's always like the newest one Mm -hmm. it seems to be an inevitable answer and in a way i I feel the same way i I kind of understand that because it's the one that's the freshest in your mind and that you've been you know the most intensely working on at that moment and it's it's just come out that's that's kind of like the hot one you know even though it may not be any better or worse than another one it just sort of ends up being the favorite until the next one (laughs)
0: It's really weird, because if you think about it, you know, when you uh, listen to an actor being interviewed, they're like that, too. They're like, um, they, they...
1: The new film, the new one, I just finished it.
0: <laughs> and they can't talk about the new one. Uh, <laughs> that's what it is. They, yep. they, go on, they go on to a show, and they say, so what are you doing now? And they go, oh, I have a new film that's coming out. Oh, what's that? about? Oh, I can't talk about it yet. Can you give any hints? Well, you no. Can, that's, a good thing,
1: that's a good thing about being a, the, you know, when you're a writer, because it's like these, the books are already up for pre-order, like, several months in advance. So you could talk about something that's not even tangibly in someone's hand yet, because it's up there for pre-order. So well, thank God for pre-orders. <laughs> you can't, like, pre-order a film, can you? you know?
0: No. Well, I mean, it... Think that the obsession about spoilers has gone a little too far. Um, people are so weird about it. Well, I, I don't know. I
1: had, a, I had a review some years back by someone who really um, clearly wasn't a very happy person. And uh, she put the review up and the entire thing was spoilers from start to finish. Oh, uh, well, that's different.
0: Was, yeah. That's
1: that me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no reason for that, and that's just uh, very unprofessional. And uh, I, I really, I don't, I don't get it. So I, that was not appreciated, and I just think it was a crappy thing to do.
0: I I think that there are people that are like that who want to do a power trip. That's different. Yeah. But I'm, I'm talking about, like, someone who will talk about, like, a book and they mention that it's uh, focused on the city or in this Eric County. And the author doesn't care. But uh, other readers say, oh, you ruined it. You ruined the whole thing by telling that it's in this county. And I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> yeah. that? that's ridiculous. <laughs> uh, that's what I mean about the spoiler... The spoiler thing getting yeah, the spoiler that's
1: just where the book is set. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. You're not telling about characters or uh motivation or I mean not even the scenery, you're just saying where it is. I mean, yeah. you could like take a map and throw a pin at it. I mean, it's not <laughs> telling you anything. That's it's it's like that was like TV shows um You know, you have to hide in a spoiler thing uh, talking about a character's dress or, you know, a really cute dress that they're wearing. Because, oh, you spoiled it for me because you told me what her dress looked like.
1: (laughs) What? Oh, man. That's funny.
0: And yet that's what the, I mean, they don't give any information, the production companies, but they do show the clothes.
1: Uh, Yeah, you know. Well, you know, if it's if it's a period piece, then you're definitely going to be showing the clothes. That's sort of the point, you know.
0: Exactly, exactly. That's one of that's. I I love period pieces. I I mean, most of my the shows I watch are set in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, and sixties. I just like that those periods. Yeah. And um, and it's so funny because. You know, if a new show comes out, new movie, new TV show, they're going to show clothes. Why are you getting so bent out of shape about it? It's not telling you a plot point because they're showing clothes.
1: They could do do like they used to do with the old sort of porn magazines. They could put like a big black uh, tape across everything and just have their heads (laughs) and nothing else is visible even blank out their eyes while
0: you're at it, right? Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, like I said, that's not giving anything away. I, I, sometimes no, that's dear. all of the production company has to show, are the fashions for the movie or the TV show. Sure. <laughs> because they don't want to show, or they show a sequence that's very, very sketchy. You know, li- like the trailers. Some of the trailers... They pop all over the bloody place.
1: <laughs> well, some of the trailers are too, too. They they are full of spoilers. That's what I I hate to even check us like if I want to watch a film on television. It'll say view trailer, and then I watch the trailer. I'm like, you pretty much told me the whole film, and then I'm like disappointed, thinking I'll I'll wait like three months, and when I've forgotten it, then I'll I'll put it on because it just, it did talk about spoilers. It did spoil it.
0: Oh well, I'm sorry. That's not exactly what I. No, no, no I, I just,
1: unless it's a film that you made, you're not responsible. <laughs> no,
0: I, I know, but I, that's not what I meant. I just, you know, there are some trailers like, well, like, I love Agatha Christie, and I've seen every version of it practically that's come out. So if they put spoilers like the new Death on the Nile, if it ever comes out because of the Army Hammer thing, um they 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 can spoil the hell out of it. I read the book I have seen the Yeah, you,
1: it's everybody knows it so well <laughs> it's not really a spoiler anymore. Yeah. or Murder on the Orient Express, yeah, I mean, we all know can, it, you yeah. know, it's
0: not like you can to spoil it. <laughs> I know. I, I actually read someone in one of my mystery groups on Facebook said "You know, it was when um Murder on the Orient Express came out and somebody was just expressing an opinion about some of the changes they made." In the new movie, but they didn't give away plot points. They're just talking about, you know, that it was okay, but this is what they did. They didn't give plot point. They didn't give the killer. They didn't give anything. But you're spoiling it for us. How can you spoil Murder on the Orient Express? It, it came out a hundred, ye- well, not a hundred years ago, but what was it like? Ninety years ago, or <laughs> something.
1: Well, it's 20. probably about a hundred, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, I think it was. Well, I think it was after she married her second husband. So it was in the '30s. Oh, okay. But but the point is, you can't really um, <laughs> spoil that. It's been around for a long, long time.
1: It's like, it's like, you know, Pride and Prejudice. Jane oh, Austen. Yeah. I mean, there's so many, ver- there's no spoilers because of, you know, you've, everyone, you've seen so many versions of it already, right?
0: Right. And the book's been around for 300 years or something? <laughs> I mean, really, come on. Um, that's like the joke. I, I don't know if it's real or not, but I, I heard uh, somebody say that one of the the studio heads, um, when during the nineties there was a big surge of Jane Austen movies and T V shows. And yeah. and there was a joke and I don't know if it's real or not or if it was a joke, but they said, We gotta get this Jane Austen broad and her stuff seems to really be selling <laughs>
1: I believe it. I believe it. And yet,
0: yeah, that's what I mean. That's, I don't know if it's a joke or not because I could see some, not, there are some really intelligent people that work in the film industry, but there are some studio people. And there are some that aren't. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> that that haven't read a book their entire life that uh, they, they can't even be bothered to read the synopsis that are given to them by their secretary. Yeah, I could believe it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's funny.
0: I know, I know. Well, I mean, some people are really highly intelligent. Back in the um, the '30s, David Selznick, he really, honestly, he was like you. He never had time, but uh, he was really well read and highly intelligent. But he only read his secretary synopsis on Gone with the Wind because he had even though he spent more money than anybody ever in the history of film it to that point for that uh, rights to that book because he just didn't have time he was doing 16 projects at the same time running yeah. a production company directing and all kinds of stuff but actually because he did he wanted to be involved in it he when he took his vacation with his family he did read a book that's the difference that's 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 the guy <laughs> Yeah, that's
1: an. Yeah, intelligent I, I, maybe I, Yeah, I sort of feel like that sometimes.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, he bought it before he read it, but he did read it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I mean, talking I'm always about somebody reading like other work and, and trying to do my own work and then it's like if I want to actually read for, for the sheer enjoyment of reading it it might be around midnight by the time I start so sometimes I'm so tired I can't get past 20 minutes or a half an hour and then it takes a long time to finish a book
0: I actually, a lot of people ask me about that I read a lot but see I because I was always busy. You know, I had girlfriends in school. How do you read all these things, watch all these shows, blah, blah, blah? And this was before recordings. Um, I had I have niches that I will like read my books and I have time slots that I will watch T V and I put my other stuff I actually went out on dates after T V shows that I wanted to see when I was a teenager. <laughs>
1: Well, you got to get your priorities right.
0: Yeah. I mean, I still had my date, and he still had his date, but I just had to watch my Mary Tyler Moore show. You know? <laughs> you have your priorities. <laughs> so tell me about your new book.
1: Well, uh, this is the third book in my series. Uh, the series is The Best New True Crime Stories, and this is well-mannered crooks, rogues, and criminals, and um, as the title suggests, uh, we're dealing with uh, those of the criminal element who are a bit different from, you know, the usual types that one might, you know, thug types and, and you know, whatever. I mean, there's there's these these uh, particular criminals in the book are, are those who uh, perhaps are well-mannered or they're just people that you normally wouldn't expect to be criminals. Uh, they may have a code of ethics that they operate by um you and i may not consider it a code of ethics but it is a code of ethics to them um so it's it's you know like the other books in the series uh it, it travels the world there's stories from all over the place the writers are equally as international and uh yeah so i'm really excited about it i, I mean it's uh uh, so far, I mean, it's only been out a short while, but so far I'm getting uh, good feedback on it. People seem to really enjoy it, so I'm I'm pretty happy about that.
0: So, like gentleman thieves, like John Roby from To Catch a Thief, or Raffles from David Niven Raffles and old Raffles movies, that kind of person. You know, they they'll never well, hurt anybody. They don't carry a gun unless it's absolutely necessary. That kind of stuff
1: well not necessarily there are some who do and some who don't uh for instance uh when you mentioned uh if we want to go back in time there's a a story in the book written by um it's it's a first person account and it's about john Dillinger and uh the gentleman who wrote the story uh his his uncle a family uncle you know what i mean not a blood uncle but you know when your family's uh, your parent's best friend is your uncle uh he was dillinger's bag man so uh he goes on and writes a story about dillinger and uncle freddie and uh you know uncle freddie was the guy who holds the bag man is the guy who holds the money and uh dillinger was a quintessential gentleman i mean he may have been uh on the most wanted list but i mean he was he was a gentleman all the way i mean uh if he robbed a bank, uh, he he wouldn't take customers' money. He would only take the bank's money. Uh, if there was a question as far as the money belonging to the customer, he didn't touch that. Uh, he would put down his coat uh, for a, you know a lady to sit on on the floor when he was holding up the bank, so she wouldn't have to be, you know get cold on the floor. That type of thing.
0: That is different. I never heard that part. But I I heard of him as pretty cold. I didn't hear of him as a gentleman thief. <laughs>
1: he was there to rob banks he wasn't there to rob people you know the people were the people and that was you know that was not who he was going to rob um some of the other stories for instance we have a a, a woman pirate from from china uh, and uh she became quite a uh major force in the uh, salt trade and in the military and uh, so that's a bit of a departure and she did also have a code of ethics about uh, how women were going to be treated uh, you know on the ships and because you know piracy has always been associated with a male-dominated thing so she kind of threw that on its head and came in and you know, made a big impact and a positive impact in some regard, but she was quite a force to be reckoned with. I mean, the, the governments weren't too keen on her,
0: wow. <laughs> as you
1: could imagine. No,
0: of course not. So, that's yeah. the best game. I mean, wow, being a woman pirate, that that's brave. There was a few of them. Yeah. There was um, also Anne yeah. Bonney from England, or was she American? I never remember. Um, there were several uh, female pirates, but the I, it's it's cool to think about in a way, but it's also one of the most dangerous things you could possibly think to do. <laughs> oh,
1: absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, you know, there's, there's obviously con men are well represented in the book. Uh, we have, um, uh, they wanted something for nothing, the many cons of the yellow kid. Uh, that's a story written by Dean job. And, um, he's, uh, and he's a true crime writer and uh it's this this is one of these con men that you just the guy was brilliant i mean absolutely brilliant the stuff that he did i mean it was it was it's almost like when i was first reading the story of course i thought of the sting and that is a uh, a real life uh like the sting you know instead of the fictional version with the film yeah uh, I, there, I mean
0: yeah, i love that that's one of my favorite movies
1: <laughs> yeah, now, we've even got a, like a real-life Robin Hood, uh, an, an Ecuadorian Robin Hood, if you can believe it. Uh, yeah, and uh, really, it was somebody who did exactly that, who wanted to take from the wealthy, exploiting landowners, and give to the poor. And that's what uh, this particular uh, criminal did. And someone who's still remembered now, even though this is from you know many years ago, that this person is still admired and remembered and held in esteem because he tried to help the people the poor and uh yeah we i mean we got a a a chronic um a a chronic uh bigamist con man i mean this it's almost it's almost uh comical about how this one man a very average guy nobody that would Turnheads, who just went from wife to wife to wife to wife to wife and country to country to country to country pulling cons marrying new women I mean I think I can't even remember how many wives he finally accumulated by the time of his death it's it's, it's like you, you couldn't make this stuff up
0: that's ooh, kind of creepy actually what was his well, thing what was his lure that, that got all those women
1: well, I think you know. I the the point was, a the, the lot of the women, the women who seemed to gravitate that he, basically he just conned, were women who were maybe, um, you know, it's a, it's a historical piece, and these women were maybe a bit past their quote sell by date as far as marriage age. You know, in those days, if you weren't married by a certain age, it was forget it. You know, put 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 you away somewhere. So it was either that or or, uh, there was always some reason that um, they were just thrilled to death to even have an offer of marriage. So that probably goes a long way to explain how he acquired all these wives. But it's just like, you know, you couldn't believe that that could actually be real, but it was real. That's
0: actually kind of sad, too. Those poor girls
1: well yeah yeah and then you know just one after the other Um, but you were talking earlier about your love of Agatha Christie and there's a story in here that would probably uh, be right up your street Uh, it's set around that same time period and there are references in the story to Agatha Christie because it was as as if this uh, was a murder case she would have written about and it was about a a socialite in in Missouri who um, may or may not have poisoned her husband and uh there's it's a lot of references to to Agatha Christie and also to um Daisy from the Great Gatsby because it's almost as if this character is is was modeled on Daisy perhaps not as wealthy as Daisy Buchanan was but nevertheless that sort of you know privileged and all you care about is how you know is my hat nice did i you know what new clothes do i have you know what i'm saying all that sort of cafe society thing
0: oh yeah oh my god that's so crazy
1: yeah so i mean that's a fun story because it was written by uh the writer uh is is an attorney and uh she basically lays out all the arguments as far as um the murder so you kind of are are almost there in the courtroom, you know what I'm saying? As if it was a Perry Mason putting all those arguments together. So uh, it it analyzes the case in a slightly different way from someone who has experience with the law.
0: Oh my God. And you think about it and it's just, Agatha Christie used to read the newspapers and listen to Stories and stuff. Some of her stuff was not based on the actual crime. Well, it was based on the type of crime, but not what actually happened. So who knows? Maybe she did write a book about it.
1: (laughs) Well, you know, uh, it it, it would have been exactly the type of thing she would have been interested in writing about, I think. Uh, You know, I think it would have been right up her street, except it wasn't British. It was uh, taking place in Missouri. (laughs) Well, yeah.
0: I mean, um, the mirror cracked. Uh, it was uh, by two sources. One was about a, um, a British woman, and the other one was a movie star in America. So she's two different parts, uh, things she had heard that created the um, the. It was like different bits uh, that created that uh, book. So that yeah absolutely
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i i you know i try to i try to when i do these books because i've actually had people comment to me or, or even reviewers mention that wow you know it's not just stories set in the united states they're not just cases of criminals that are american criminals and it's like well why would i only want to have american criminals i mean we have a whole world out there and there's people all over the world reading the books so I, I really try to keep a very global view when I'm editing, you know, when I'm getting the stories in and, and selecting the final stories. Uh, I, I just think, you know, I, I, also I think for people who maybe aren't aware of other places, other countries, other cultures, I think it also is an eye opener. Um, for instance, this is um, this book's the first time I've got a story from India written by an Indian author, uh, and it's uh, called the Bombay Godmother. It's, it's about a very uh, about a woman who. Basically, for survival, she has to turn to things that are rather criminal. I mean, but nothing hardcore, but things like, um, you know, the liquor business, the moonshine business, uh, this kind of thing, uh, uh, distributing uh, goods that perhaps, uh, you know, sort of on the sly. And she becomes this esteemed figure amongst the uh, Bombay Mafia. <laughs> very respected by the mafia where they would, you know, the Dons would go to her to consult with her about what should I do about this? What should I do about that? I mean, it's an extraordinary tale, you know?
0: That's funny. I mean, it's not funny that there was a mafia. It's just you. It, it's uh, all the different types of criminals are it must be really fun to work with because there's so many different kinds of people from all over the world oh, yeah. who comes up with these some uh, creative, like Kahneman, and some horrible ideas, like murderers.
1: <laughs> well, absolutely. I mean, we definitely have murder in here. We and uh, you know that you, you can't do a true crime book without some murders in it. So there, yeah, there's a good share of murders. Um, there's a, a couple of uh, other uh, mob stories. We've got um, uh, Chicago mobster Little Nicky Scarfo, uh, tale of his rise and fall, uh, and another one that's uh, of the UK. It's actually uh, mobsters from the United States who uh, not I'm sorry, they he's little Nicky was from uh is he from Chicago? I'm getting confused now. We ended up in Jersey. It was the uh, the other stories about some Chicago mobsters who go to a jewel heist in London, and it's just ridiculous. Like, why are these guys going all the way to London to steal some diamonds? And so it talks a lot about the mob and the structure of the mob, and it's it's almost a little bit of a, a primer of mob information if you're not that familiar with how it works and the pecking order and all that. So, yeah, there's definitely a, a wide variety here, uh, and just fascinating stories and and what's fun is when I'm doing these books and having several different writers obviously including myself um, we all tell our stories a different way Mm -hmm. so it's not like you're reading the same you know style for each story they're all totally different total different voices sometimes there's some first person information you know they may have a connection to their case and and when that happens that's always a a, you know a gem for me to get something like that in you know like the guy who had uncle freddie the uh bag, bag man for dillinger it's like well that was cool that came in yeah
0: it is it is really cool it sounds like a fun book. Uh and uh, it, it,
1: yeah, I I think it is. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is it available now or is it going to be Yeah, available?
1: yeah. No, it came out on the I believe it's the 15th of June, so it's available in print and in uh uh digital editions. Um I'm not sure yet if there's an audio. I thought I saw somewhere that there might be an audio edition coming soon, but so far I'm not seeing it listed, but definitely print and audio, uh print and digital, sorry.
0: Okay, that's great. And um we're coming to the end, so I just want to ask you, do you have any virtual events or events that are coming up?
1: I actually do. Thanks for asking that. Um, well, the, I mentioned I have another book coming out next month in the series, book four, which is um, the best new true crime stories, Crimes of Passion, Obsession, and Revenge. And for that book, uh, if there is going to be a virtual event at books and books in Miami. Um, and I believe it's, it might be August 17th. It's up on my website. So if, or it's also posted at books and books. If you go to books and books um, and I will be joined by two of my contributors. Uh, I'll be joined, joined by Dean job from uh, over in Canada and by uh, Priscilla Scott Rhodes, who's in the U S. So that was the only, I couldn't get any more writers into that event it was just well you can have two other people join you that's it so it's like it'll be the three of us chatting about the book and about our stories and about true crime and our approach to true crime so that's a virtual event and obviously since we're all at different parts of the globe that works out really well yeah cool and and so they uh, you can people can register if they're interested in attending virtually uh the books and books website um has all their events and they can go there and register for the event
0: And do you have a website?
1: Yes, of course I do. It's uh, M-I-T-Z-I-S-Z-E-R-E-T-O M-I-T-Z-I-S-Z-E-R-E-T-O.com. And as I said, that's where they can find all my books and my events and uh, my Facebook Live videos that I do with my contributors. Um, And I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, Instagram.
0: Is it the same call number or is it a different one?
1: It's all me, not Missy Soretto.
0: Okay. Yeah, because you have a nice unusual name, so you, it, it's
1: not yeah, gonna. Yeah, not like... like you're gonna find a bunch of other Missy Sorettos <laughs> running around. <laughs> if there if there are any other ones, they're imposters, they're impersonators, and let me know so I can call these <laughs> yeah. in.
0: Well, it it, it just is nice because you don't have any. I thought my name was unusual, and then I found out that no, not at all. Um. <laughs>
1: I, I, you know, it's like you come across someone with the same surname. Um, it's like, whoa they must be somehow related somewhere. You know, if, if they have the same surname, I don't really know.
0: <laughs> I know, I know. I, I go through that a lot too. Um, so I want to thank you so much for taking the time. I know you're really busy to come on my show and chat.
1: Well, thank you. I'm, it's always great to be on here, and I'm so pleased that you always ask me back.
0: Oh, it, it's. Pleasure. I really enjoy it. Thank you so much. Thanks. And thank you for chatting with Sherry.